So let's, uh, let's get into the Word. And um, we've, we opened up last week with the, the, the message on the vision. Excuse me. <clears throat> the message on the vision. Uh, the power will break through. And, and, and so we kind of walked through how God set up such a wonderful thing after, him and, after Adam and Eve created a, a separation of heaven and earth and separated, from the, separated us from power. So, you know, on that, day, uh, uh, on that day where Jesus gave up the ghost, gave up his spirit, and then that power showed up and, and uh, shook the ground and rent the temple. Uh, so that was, that was the price being paid to give us back access to power. And then we also talked about in Acts chapter 2 when, uh, on the day of Pentecost when, there, when the, the, spirit was, was, the spirit was poured out. And so uh, there's no new, um, <clears throat> excuse me, my infinite wisdom of, uh, so around the house, that's uh that's Nurse Melanie, I'm, I'm Dr. Keith, uh, but I'm a holistic doctor, so I have all types of stuff. So, I, so you know, some of the things I do for immune system is um, some cayenne pepper. And so <laughs> I was drinking the thing and, <clears throat> and almost choked back there. <clears throat> all right, so, uh, so, so again, so you had God re-, re reuniting us with this power, that power manifesting in acts. And now we need to do our part and that's attach our faith to that power. So we were talking about how the power is trying to break through to us more than we think we're trying to get to the power. You know, trying to get us to yield. Uh, you know, trying to, trying to get us to embrace that brokenness, right? <laughs> right? Uh, James is reading through the book, The Release of the Spirit. So that's the emphasis in the book. Uh, all right, so, so we went through the different aspects of the vision, and um, it's, it's, just, it's a lot. I've, I've been busy since the end of the year, the beginning of the year, so, so, so we will have something where you could tangibly look at it. But whether you, you're waiting on that or not, uh, we spoke out the different levels of, of what's entailed in the vision, so hopefully you write them down and put them somewhere around your house. Um, just so you, you're, you're kind of mindful of, you know, God's power breaking through in our life, God's power of love breaking through in our relationships, our marriages, and our family, uh, uh, the power of humility and commitment breaking through for our extended uh, uh, family, friends, and relationships, and those we're trying to minister to, and also God's, that, that power of uh, breaking through, we don't have room enough to receive and receiving some of the desires of our heart, right? So just, I just kind of ran through that real quick, but we talked about it in detail last week. But this year we must believe. See, so our part, his part is to make it available. Our part is to believe. So we must believe the power will break through. And I was talking to someone this week and they were saying, well, a lot of times when, when there's pending things going on, so, so we were talking about, actually I was talking to this person last night, so you remember, and he was like, well, <clears throat> we should be finishing uh, building or, or closing, you know, if there's no, you know, lumber issues, this, that, and the other. I said, well, you ain't believing for that. <laughs> so we just believe that, you know, as soon as possible, you know, this house will be done for the family to be running around dancing and stuff in the house, right? So when you believe in a power will break through, when there's a demand placed on you, you, you know that that's a demand for us to yield to power. Like we're not, because sometimes we can get so overwhelmed in thinking that the different things that we're processing through is on us. You know, that's why we get intimidated when, when things are introduced to us and it's outside of our control. Um, we were talking to somebody else this week and was telling them that the things that's coming can be intimidating because it's scary. It's something that you guys never believed but you can't choke, you gotta yield to that power that there's a power to handle all that God's prepared you for, all that God's purposed you for, and the platform he's sending you to. And so when God's moving you towards, the, towards that, don't think about uh, who you are, where you've been and what you had, think about what he has, all right? Because 
uh, he'll work in, to, work in you to willing to do his good pleasure. Right? So, so, so this is the interesting thing. Jesus gave his life at that cross. He gave up the ghost, right? But he gave up the ghost. How was he able to give up the ghost? Because he was believing for the power to resurrect them. See, see, so, so he was at a, a pinnacle point that he had never experienced before. He said, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me, right? Just, I want you to meditate on that. He said, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? And what was he thinking? He was in a situation where, you know how you, 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 you're in situations where it just doesn't feel as ex- exhilarating in this place. It seems insurmountable in this place. Uh, it has kind of a hopeless bent on it. You know, like it just seems hopeless. Uh, it could also seem frustrating. Well, look, Jesus is about to lose the presence of God that he never experienced before. He's about to take on sins that we did. <laughs> you know, and he's about to give up the spirit that's been keeping him to navigate through everything. Right? And so, he, so you, only, you only can let go. You can only let go and give up and yield to that power if you believe for it, right? If you believe for it, right? And so when Jesus gave, gave his life and gave up the ghost, he, he was believing for the power to break through. He was believing God's resurrection power would break through, right? Philippians said that the power that, 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 that I want to fellowship with is suffering. You know, I want to fellowship with the power of his resurrection, right? And so, so Elijah in 1 Kings 18, 25 through 40, we don't have to read it, but I just want you to have the reference so you can just look through that story. So how does Elijah roll up on 450 prophets, demonic prophets, worshiping Baal, Jezebel's crew, and stand there before them? There was no script there was no Bible verses. There was nothing to reference what would happen here. But they're calling on their gods. He says, and they're, they're referencing God. He said, well, tell you what, call your God, pray to your God, and I'm going to call my God. The God that shows up is the only wise God. Now, could God put us in those situations? So you have 450 folk that have a title of prophet. So there's more people flowing in a certain direction, just like what's going on out here in our culture, sometimes we're just reflexing. Uh, me and my wife was talking about this because I always use this line. I said, babe, you ever notice when people are driving, there'd be this one long line and, 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 we, and, and you're tempted to get in the line because what? Everybody's in it and only to find out if you'd have gotten the other lane and kept on going, you would have went a whole lot faster. But it's a temptation, but everybody's going over there. Right? So something, so when you hear stuff, a lot of times you're, you're conforming to what everybody's doing. Uh, not to get too deep, but I, I just like y'all, you know, I, I like everybody that thinks, you know, just think sometimes. So I'll give you a perfect example. So out here, uh, with a lot of things going on, we're reflexing, and you may hear people say, hey, you know, it's scientifically proven. All right, so when you hear something, that statement, what does it make you think about? Some people go, oh, it's scientifically proven? Oh, I'm jumping all on that. But let me ask you something. Where, what is your confidence in? No, 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 hold on. I know your confidence is God, but I'm saying if, you, if something's scientifically proven, what is your, your confidence is in the science, right? Now, in your confidence in the science, what have you seen? Okay, but okay. In most cases, you haven't seen nothing. But let's say you were at the lab. You were at the lab. She said data. But let's say you were at the lab. Okay, okay, well, let's go with data. We'll start with data. If you go with data, what have you seen? Who produced the data? Do you know the person? Are they credible? They could be. Listen, they could be Christian. No, that's not fair. I said they're not Christian, they're not credible. That's not. I didn't really mean that the way it came out. That person that's not Christian, that's not credible, I didn't mean that. All right, so, but, but, but in some cases, the data, you know, you look at data, hey, according to this, we read the vitamin bottles and, and you know, you, uh, she'd be doing all this, reading the, the sugar content, you know what I'm saying? All right, all right, 
All right, so, okay, so we got data, right? Now, now data is, is normally written, right? Yeah. So you have to see it, right? And you have to believe what's written. And you believe in who wrote it. That you don't know. That drops on? Oh, that's cool. Leave it. You, hey, leave it. I'll probably just crush it on the floor, get Stella mad. All right, so, all right. Right, so, no, I'm not going to crush it on the floor. I was playing, man. I'm, I can see it, you know. I'm agile, man. I, you want me to pick it up? All right. So anyway, Marcus is back there. No, no, don't crush it on the floor. All right, looking out for Stella. <laughs> All right, so, so, so you believe in something you read and you really don't know. You don't know a person from Adam. But you believe it like, oh, James, what? I got the dat, Right? I wish we did that with the Bible. All right, so, 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 so let's, we got that out there, right? Okay, suppose you're at the lab, you know, because I, I remember, uh, you know, my sister, she worked for uh, National Institute of Health. And so I just go visit her, you know. They, so, you know, you, what you had, the microscopes? So let's say you were around somebody that produced something that, that's curing folk now, or they, or they said it would cure folk, right? And they, they took you over to the microscope, right? And they showed you why this is, would cure something. So you look in the microscope and what do you see? You see what uh, um, cells or you, you, may, you may see whatever they, they liquid they put in attacking whatever, let's say it's disease. What, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Come on, man, you're supposed to be helping. This is what you do, right? <laughs> Look, you get to shine now. You know, like the Dr. Phil show, they had the people in the audience. You, you, you're my expert in the audience, man. You know, I mean, because I don't have an earpiece. You're supposed to be talking to my ear, making me think like I'm smart. You know, that's, you know, that's what they do on the show, right? There's a bunch of consultants in the background. All right, so let's say you said so it's a, a, some type of virus or something. And then so they, they, they put, they, they do the little squeegee thing or the dropper or whatever, you know. What is it? Sample. And it, and it attached. So then they tell you, see, when you take this, that's what's going to happen to you. Hold on a second. Is that a fact? Because how do you know what's on that, uh, what do you call a little slide thing? Well, how you know what's on the slide is what's being injected in you. You really don't. You just believe in it, right? You're just taking their word for it, right? So, 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 and I'm not saying don't do that, but what I'm saying is, why is it hard for us to take this? It just says, by his stripes you're healed. Why is it, oh, see, there we go. You, you, you need to use wisdom. So wisdom is believing somebody I don't know, never met, based on something that either they wrote or showed me, right? That I, that, that I have no idea how it relates to me. And, and even if, if I put it inside, I'm not inside my body going, oh, it's, it's moving, baby. Look, baby, baby, look, look. I'm sitting on the inside of my body. Woo! Man, look at that thing move, boy. Look, 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 look at that virus run. Run, virus. You run. You run. Come on. Come on, liquid. Get them. Get them. Is that happening? But that's how we operate, right? We operate like that's what's going on. We're believing for it. And then when it don't happen, what happens? We don't go, well, you know, I believe that it didn't happen. We go, oh, no, you don't understand. What happened really was this because I've already committed. Right? All I'm saying is how come we can't do that with God? Why can't we believe for the power to break through? You believing for the serum to break through? You, why can't we just believe for the power to break through? Just give it, hey, just, pastor, just giving you things to think about. That's good. Right? Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and so, so, let's say if you believe science, and, and science has helped us a lot, a lot in life, okay? So, so, let's not trip on science. Pastor's not tripping on science. Scientist, pastor's not tripping on it. Okay, so let's say you believe science, okay? You have every right to believe science. Is that true? Somebody believes science, I'm not going, you 
no good but science believing person you. I'm not rolling like that. I'm, oh, this, this, this fool, this fool up there believing science, man. This fool, I'm not doing that. But how come if I believe God, I get that response? Oh, I think I broke something. Oh, that's cool. I might have broke something, though. Uh, <laughs> look, look, how come, how come? <laughs> I'm going to say, how come if I believe God, it's like, you believe in God? This, this fool believe in God. So, so what's the difference between me and you? You believe something, I believe something. Now, there is a difference. I, see, I'm, I'm 40, 59. Look, 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 I can't do nothing wrong around Sabrina. Sabrina back there going, <laughs> bruh, come on, man. You're supposed to be good at math. All right, so, so I'm 59. And, and <laughs> you know, you can't have family in church, man. It ain't right. So, all right, so I'm 59. So I'm believing God not just because of the present circumstance. I'm believing God because of a certain track record. And whether, whether you have done this or not, I didn't come to God just because somebody told me. I tested God at every level. You know, the first time I read uh, uh, Mark chapter 11, uh, uh, it says, have, have faith in God in verse 22. It says, here, let's, let's look at this real quick. This is an audible. Again, we're talking about the power breaking through, and we're talking about us believing for this power to breaking through, and how Christ set us for us to have access to this power, but it's going to take us to believe for it or attach our faith for it. And so, I'm in Matthew. So my cousin said, I'm, I've been struggling with the math, now I'm struggling with the reading, right? <laughs> Bruh, M A R. <laughs> All right, so, so Mark chapter 11, 22. So this, this, this started my whole faith thing, right, right here. It says, and Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. And this is after he cursed the fig tree, right? So he said, have faith in God. Would it be okay to have faith in God? Yes. Okay, we okay? That's not too far-fetched, <laughs> right? All right? And then verse 23 starts to, this is red letters in my Bible. So Jesus is talking. Would it be okay to believe Jesus? We good? All right. It says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, um, and, and this is kind of uh, more allegorical. It's, it's, it's accurate and allegory. He's talking about a specific mountain, but he's also referencing the mountain in your life. Because he was, he, and the reason why, I'm not making that up, he had just cursed a fig tree, not necessarily a mountain, right? So he was just saying, what, hey, if it's as big as a mountain, you can operate this same principle of having faith in God, okay? He says that whosoever shall say to this mountain, look, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, look, keep, keep focus here, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith, Right? Now, now, there's a doubt in your heart in there, right? And there's a, there's a belief that has to take place, right? Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Verse 25, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither your Father... Neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, again, if I'm, if I'm operating in sin and trespasses, I'm separated from God. I'm not, not going to believe the same, right? I'm just not going to believe the same. If I have unforgiveness against somebody, that's going to bleed into my heart, and I'm going to have a little doubt, right? Because I'm, I have bitterness in there too, right? right? So if I'm disconnected from God, I have bitterness in there, I'm not really going to be believing the same, but but I'm going to blame God if this doesn't come to pass. 
Now, again, this, this is the foundation, but also uh, Matthew 12 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. So if I fill myself up with these words, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? As, uh, as Romans 10, 17. If I fill myself up with this word, right? And this word is in me. What's in me? Faith-filled words. Uh, John 15. If you abide me, my words abide in you. You can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, we talked about this in Rightly Dividing the Word. Yes, this scripture is here to give us a principle, but we would have to triangulate it and connect it to other scriptures, right? Remember, we talked about that, the principle of, 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 of uh, the context principle, put, like using other scriptures to uh, qual- quantify, uh, and, and we could even say qualify, that this scripture is what God is trying to say. And then now we have a full understanding because we can say, well, I, I pray for a desire that come to pass. Oh, is God's word abiding in you? Because now it's going to cleanse you from maybe having the wrong motive or as we talked about in Matthew, I mean, Master Life class, being outside of God's will, doing everything to his glory. Some things are not going to represent God's glory or his will. So... That's not you abiding in him and him abiding in you. Now, how does this tie in to, to, to the power? See, because it's going to take this same level of faith in God, right, to know that the power will break through. See, see, remember, his part is to manifest the power and to break through the power. Our part is to yield. For us to yield, we're going to have to have faith. You see what I'm saying? That, that's, that's what that brokenness does. It breaks off of the, the layers of weight that's actually weakened our faith, right? And so, so, so we're going to have to have faith. But having faith or something, so, so uh, you, uh, you do contracts, right? So you get into this contract and this person says, hey, if you do this level of work for me, put in all these hours, day, night, this, that, and the other. When a contract is complete, and, and the funds are released, you will get exactly $375,495 will, will go to you, okay? $375,495. That goes to you when the contract is complete. So now once you go into, once you sign, you're signing to say what? I'm going to put in all this work to assist you in getting the resources. And then once you get the resources, you're going to give me a percentage of 375,495, right? I might, you might want to write down that number. Okay. All right. So, so you could be putting in a lot of hours and no actual specific money at that time. But why would you do it? Why would you yield yourself to that? Because you're believing for the money to break through. Right? And same principle. When we yield, we're saying, oh, 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 power's going to break through. Right? I believe it. God said it. It is done. Right? Right? That's belief. I'm talking about the song. You, you talking about scripture? Yeah, yeah. I said the song. Didn't I say the song? Now, I ain't one of them preachers that converts, you know, <laughs> songs into scripture. I was actually talking about C.C. Winans, believe for it, right? Right? And so, so that's what, so, so it takes something to yield. So this is what took place with Isaiah and those prophets. He actually came up against 450 folk because he was believing God's power break through. And he read through the story, God's power broke through. And Jesus, remember it says, Jesus came to show us how to live this life. So Jesus, the, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 8, 7, I'm just doing all types of audibles. That's not there. Um, but it says, uh, it says uh, I think it's 8, 7 or 8, 9, but it says, he became poor that we might be rich. Now, again, I know in our English language, we just look at poor one way. You know, the person that's sitting on the corner over there. But to be without is poor. So when he gave up all of his deity, his power, his ability, he ends up poor. That's with, to do without, right? So we could be rich and have all these things, right? And so, 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 so again, he gave up his ability to just speak it and it happened to 
to having to believe for it. He sifted to the place where he had to believe like we had to believe. So he sees the situation, he shows up, there's a demand, there's a circumstance. There's people hungry. And it's, 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 it's 5,000 men, women and children, could be 14,000, 15,000 folk. And he looked up and believed that the power would break through to feed all those people, a multitude. He had to believe for it, he did it twice, right? As far as feeding the multitude, Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Right? You could just read through that when you have time. Uh, just for the sake of time, I, just, I, I don't want us to have to read through every passage. And there's, a, there's another passage I thought was very interesting, and I know it's kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around, but Joshua 10, verse 12, it, it tells a story of they, they're in a battle, but, but if the sun goes down, they can't, they can't get what they want to get done. So Joshua prayed, and the sun stopped. So they can, so they had light for all that they needed to do. Uh, and they said that, that, that never before had God responded to a man like that. But he believed for it. See, see the reason why we go, man, stop the sun. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> okay. But, but, but if he stops the sun... Then we got to change all the clocks. We're going to have to adjust this. This is how our mind works, right? We go, but we have to change the clock. We have to call those people out in Europe. Then we have to do this. Then we're going to have to triangulate our daylight savings time. But you know, I, I, I was thinking through this whole stopping the sun thing when I uh, was in Minnesota. And no, 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 no. Uh, we're invited to speak in Arizona uh, later this year. And so when we were talking, we were talking about the time zone. They said, okay, well, now you guys are, I don't know, I think we're an hour behind them. And then it says, okay, but when daylight savings time change, we'll be two hours, something like that. I, I might have it all wrong, but as, not, as, as much as I think I know stuff, I didn't realize, like, our time is always changing the same way. Other people is different. They just go, hey, now you're you three hours behind us now. Then, then, then when the clocks change, you're two hours behind us now, right? So, so nothing's changed necessarily for them, just the proximity because we're changing stuff because the sun comes up on the east and goes down on the west. So we're trying to save the light, right, on our time. They ain't got to worry about saving light. That's <laughs> because, because the sun goes down where they're at. Does that make sense? Not trying to get all deep and stuff like that, but, 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 but when I was thinking about, there wasn't a worry about checking with everybody to do daylight, daylight savings time. You know, they just changed it. So, so, so Joshua just stopped the sun. He wasn't worried about, he wasn't thinking about all the other progressives. Look, stop the sun for a battle. He, he did something that affected the entire world for a battle. And God yielded to it. What do you think he'll do for us? Because we ain't trying to stop the sun. We're just trying to stop the debt. <laughs> right? We're trying to stop the, the sickness and disease. So you don't think God is hearkening to, to us? Oh, okay, I just, just want us to think here. All right, so I gave you that Joshua 10, right? All right, so then you have this, this other situation, this circumstance comes up where all these kings are coming against the king, Jehoshaphat, right? This is 2 Chronicles 20, 16 through 25. And so he calls a solemn assembly. He says, hey, imagine if we did this in our homes. He said, man, there's a lot of crazy circumstances going on. He said, they're coming at us. Hey, call a solemn assembly. Let's worship and, praise and pray to God. We're going to worship and praise. So imagine we did that. You know, you get a bad call from a bill collector or, or a doctor, and you go, hey, hey, man, let's get together and pray and praise God. Let's get on our face. Now, they did it for a battle. We ain't asking for God to take out uh, all these different kingdoms that we're fighting against. Well, we are, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying, in our everyday life. So, it said while they prayed, God sent ambushments took out the whole, all the kingdoms. When they showed up for war, 
all they did, they showed up and they start picking up spoils. For whatever reason, the people brought all their stuff with them, jewels and gold, you know, kind of overconfident. And we're going to go take them out, whatever. They had all their stuff. So they took, they said it took them three days to gather all the spoils. Imagine you show up for what you're battling against. And when you show up, you're actually receiving blessings from what you thought was attacking you. Takes you three days to collect all the blessings because you was believing for the power to break them. Right? So that's just, that's, that's a... Uh, and so, let's go to Acts 6. I just, you know, I wanted to give you some references of this power breaking through and how God has done his part. His part, we just have to do our part. God's been trying to break through this power in our lives for a long time now. So, so uh, Acts chapter 6. And see, if you, when you start looking at this through these lenses, you'll see God's been hinting at what he's been trying to do the whole time. He's been showing us through the whole time. Like we, you know, I know we have the Bible study fellowships and, the, and you know, we got the discipleship class and stuff like that. And we just keep reading. We'll see God has been like, hey, man, I've been trying to break the power through and trying to give us so many angles of how he's been doing it, right? But we're so busy focusing, I can't believe they did that. Well, I'm sure Jehoshaphat was like, I can't believe they're coming at me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sure. He's like, man, I can't, man, this is crazy, man. I'm sure those people in the wilderness like, I can't believe we went out here following Jesus and we ain't got nothing to eat. And wasn't no, wasn't no uh, Publix. <laughs> wasn't nothing like that. You know, so, so, so we're not the only people that's been in circumstance. So, so here, this is going to be good for us. Acts chapter 6, 16. And we're going to lock in here verse 23. Acts 16 Verse 23, it says, And when they had laid uh, many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. And this is, you know, uh, Paul and Silas out here preaching the gospel. They went out here wilding out. They went out here stealing. They went out here driving while they were drunk, right? They weren't doing all these things that we've all uh, sometimes found ourselves scared of the law for, Right? Uh, I'm, I'm not talking about the people that's been unjustly done by the law. Stop. I said, we've been in situations where we were driving past, we were scared because we, we didn't want to get a ticket. All right? wasn't trying to get, I wasn't trying to mess up your, your baby. All right? Just stay focused here. So these people are, are worshiping God. Now, there's been people recently that have been locked up for worshiping God, especially with the pandemic and opening their churches and doing different things like that. Right? And so it says, uh, verse 24, who having received such a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stock. So not only were they in, you know, just enough to beat upon bars, but they actually were shackled. So they were double locked up. Okay? It says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. They did a, they did a Jehoshaphat move, Right? It says, uh, prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Right? They locked up. Instead of trying to conform and try to prove they was hard, they kept doing what they was doing before they got locked up. <laughs> Woo! Let's just praise the Lord. Right? They just couldn't even see the circumstances because they was golfed in prayer and praise. Right? It says the prisoners heard them. It says, look, verse 26. Uh-oh. Something happened when you, when you pray and praise. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing the prisoners had fled. Because he knew, man, I'm supposed to keep these guys. And he thought that they might have fled. And so Paul was like, nah, it's... It's cool. We ain't going nowhere. So you figure all the doors open, they would at least run. <laughs> he said, we ain't going nowhere because the goal was to impact everybody. Everybody's bands was loose. The power broke through. Why? Because they was believing for it. Because they was believing for it. And the story goes on. They ministered to the guy. He, he, he wanted to be uh, saved also. Right? 
If you, if you look through the process of David in 1 Samuel 17 to take out Goliath, he had to believe for that power to break through. What, hey, come on, y'all. Sometimes you just got a process. Five stones, and you only use one. And you take out a giant nobody's ever seen because the angels was messing around with, with men, and they started producing angels way back there, you know, Genesis. So, so huh? Oh, well, I said messing with men. I can show you chapter and verse where it's messing with men too. Yeah. <laughs> but he said he's messing with women. But that, but that's how the, uh, the he's right. That's how Goliath was birthed. He, he wasn't birthed with them messing with men. <laughs> so, right? <laughs> so, well, no reproduction taking place there. So anyway, <laughs> all right. Get focus here, brother. All right, so. So Goliath, here, here Goliath, scaring, he's scaring arm, the, the, the entire army. They were frozen. The, like, well, we, nah, nah, it, what? the Philistines had them, had them at a certain place, but Goliath is coming out like, okay, just send somebody out that can take me out, and then y'all have to just keep getting, keep getting beat down like this. David sees this like, so y'all going to let this dude talk about us and our God? He said, no, no, no. He said, I, I'll go fight him. How are you able to attack the giants in your life? You got to believe God for it. You got to believe the power will break through. And then you take a stone. You, the scripture said he ran after Goliath. Like he didn't wait in strategic figure, you know, I'm going to use my speed, hide in a tree, and maybe jump on his head. <laughs> no, he ran at him with a sling and a stone. He ran at him when he was doing like his backyard just playing around. <laughs> You know, he's just knocking down birds and stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, I mean, I don't even need to take you serious because the power's going to break them. It wasn't the stone. It was the power behind it. And the power behind it manifested. See, see, heaven and earth started to, to, to harmonize when David's faith started to pull from the heaven realm. And when the heaven realm met the, the, the force of that stone in the earth realm, when it hit Goliath, it was basically the anointing hit Goliath, took him out. And then he took a sword and took his head off. <laughs> you understand know what I'm saying? So, so he had to believe for First Samuel 17. You can read that 23 through 51. Uh, Judges 16, 25 through 30. We're not going to go there, but I want you to read through that. That's Samson's story. Right? He had to believe for the power to break through to snatch out those pillars and take out all the people that was beating them senseless uh, because he was in compromise. But he believed God for the power even though he had, he had stopped being obedient. But he humbled himself and says, man, listen, I know I deserve the consequences of my actions because of my arrogance and messing with Delilah, but if you could just have mercy on me and give me power, so I know I'm going to have to go, but I want to take them with me. <laughs> And the power broke through, right? Judges 16, 25, uh, 25 through 30. So, so when this power breaks through, there's a breaking point. Now, now, a lot of times we look in our life, we look at breaking points as an opportunity sometimes to be depressed, to run, to hide. But this breaking point that's, that we haven't always handled the right way, God is asking us this year to handle handle better, um, to expect the power to break through at this breaking point. So this is the moment, this, this breaking point is the moment of greatest strain at which someone or something gives way. And so the hope is at this breaking point that we do give way, but we give way to the power, not give way to quit or giving up. We give way to the power, right? And, and, and so this, this power is Gonna, is, is, is going to be breaking through into and through the heirs' family and friends. It's going to be breaking into and through uh, heirs' family and friends. And so, 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 so God, God is saying there's going to be manifestation within manifestation. So it's God's promises and who and what God has hidden manifesting. 
So manifestation within manifestation. So you have, you have a manifestation of God's power and his presence, but within that manifestation is there's a remnant that God has hidden. There's, a, uh, there's some promises, there's some resources that he's earmarked for such a time as this, and they're going to manifest within you yielding to the power, right? <clears throat> and so, so, so you'll start to see this remnant risen, endorsed, and revealed. There's a remnant uh, risen, endorsed, and revealed in this season. Because see, 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 you know, we, uh, I always use sports, but, but I always think about this guy as a Christian. And, uh, and he was, uh, he was trying to win a championship, couldn't, couldn't win a championship for years. Uh, I've been telling this, this story probably for like 20, 30 years now, because I'd never seen this before. And so it was uh, David Robinson who played for the uh, San Antonio Spurs, and he was, he was in the military, so he was an officer in the military, so he had to wait a while before he, so he had to wait to finally get to the NBA, got to the NBA, and he's trying to win championships, couldn't win a championship. So finally he plays against this uh, phenomenal basketball player, I believe, and this guy embarrasses him. Like, I ain't never seen nothing like this before. He's just had him... You know, the guy was throwing all types of fakes and stuff. He just had him all over the place. It just looked terrible, you know. And so he gets embarrassed. And so the thought is, this guy's never going to win a championship. He just doesn't have what it takes. And look, he got embarrassed. He got treated like a puppet that day. And so time, you know, time goes by. He actually wins the championship. And they gave him the microphone. And when they gave him the microphone, maybe you need to go back and check this out, this interview. He was like, God is good. I, he must have said something else. But when, he, but when he said it, it was heartfelt. It wasn't, like, he didn't care. He didn't care what nobody thought. You know how people say, I just want to give all my honor to God. It wasn't, even, it wasn't one of those. It was a cry out, you know, like I've been through so much. And I was believing God, but it looked like it wasn't going to happen. But when it broke through, he couldn't do nothing. He couldn't think about what to say. The only thing he could do was cry out, oh, my God, God is good, because he is. And so when a power breaks through, all you're going to be able to do is just cry out, be like, oh, my God, because it seems like this is it. But God is so much better than the circumstances you've been seeing. He is. He's just been calling us deeper. <laughs> deeper. Because <laughs> yeah, see, in the song, he says, this can't be it. God is so much better than this. Right? And I think about this little boy uh, on a 139 Golds with Avenue sitting on the porch, looking up in the sky going, so this is it? So you birthed me for this? I was 17. And I was like, they just don't seem like the God that everybody, the Almighty, would just birth me for this. This is it. This is how we doing it. You put me on earth to deal with this. But Lord knows there's so much more that I hadn't seen, and God was so much better than that. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Ooh, I hear him calling, saying, yield to the power. Go deeper, right? And so, so, I, so uh, I was, uh, as I was meditating on this, I was thinking through how uh, uh, there's a passage of Scripture in Ezekiel 47, 1 through 9, when you get time to read it. And so uh, I remember somebody did this play, Vaughn uh, Price. And so she did like a, she was a, it was a, a one-woman play, is that what you call it? What do you call it? Monologue, whatever. But she, she, she's doing a skit. And so she's telling the story, and she's very uh, theatrical. She sang on the praise team, too. But she was, you know, you know every, every, when she sang or spoke, it looked like every vein in her neck was, you know. Like, you know she, and she was talking about these, these soldiers, and, and they're in the temple. And, and, this, and the, water, the water is coming in the temple. And, but the, the, the water is, is, is represent the, the, the presence of God. It comes in, and it fills up, fills them up. And as it fills, as it fills up, they, 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 it's almost like they're, they're dormant, they're dead. They, they, they come alive and they resurrect. 
And so when that power breaks through, there's things that's been dormant that, that gets awakened. Remember, can these dry bones live? Um, uh, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. See, when that power breaks through, what seems, see, see, the dry bones were dead bones. They weren't just dried out like, you know, like when, you, you know, when your ligaments and stuff and you lose your, your uh, 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 liquids and stuff and they say bone on bone. You still alive though, right? <laughs> you know, it's just you don't have your cartilage or your, your uh, uh, the, you know, your, uh, the fluid. To, to make things kind of flow, right? No, we ain't talking about that. We're talking about these, this, this is dead. Can these dry bones live? And, you know, when they were singing Holy Spirit, I, I, they might have done this before. I, 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 don't, I never seen. But uh, at a certain point when you guys were saying breathe on me, uh, the Lord had Pastor Mel breathing through the mic. Whew. Right? And so, so, so this, is, this is what's taking place. When that power comes in, it breathes and and remember when we were talking about when the, when the veil rent and the ground shook and the power came in, the people that were in the grave got up and started walking around the city. <laughs> but, but it wasn't the original person because it would, each person would have to have their spirit inside that vessel. No, it was the power of God using those vessels walking around the city. It was a piece of God and everybody walking through the city, right? And the power came through, and what's dead has to come alive. See, when that power breaks through, in our mind, we, we, it's easy for us to settle in on hopeless. It's easy, easy for us to say, well, you know, since you know, I've been around a long time and nothing has happened at this time, but that woman with the issue of blood. So, so, so you have an account of 12 years, right? There's an 18 years account, right? So you got 18 years. Just look back 18 years right now in your life, the last 18 years. And, and, and all, that's, all that's happened in 18 years. Does your mind automatically believe for it to be better? I mean, when I say better, like totally removed. I'm, the natural mind, I'm saying, it doesn't automatically believe that, right? But this person believed for power, when that power broke through, she was not the same person. That person that couldn't walk was not, I mean, he lived begging. At the, at the, at the, was it, at the uh, uh, gate called Beautiful? He lived begging. He went from begging to walking. Man, get up and walk. Did, you, did he think when he was asked for a couple of coins that he was going to be walking? You think he went away mad because he didn't get a couple of coins? He said, man, I can give me a job. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? This is what God is trying to get us to believe for. Stop. Oh, okay. So, so I'm, I'm going to use my son on this one. Hopefully you don't mind. So, so we were in a situation. He was in a situation in college where he needed some resources. And so he calls me up. And uh, I said, son, and, and, and we, would, we, would, we would just pop it on, on a campus sometimes. Pop on a campus. Like if we got blessed, our, go, our flow, this is how we think now. If we get blessed, oh, Everybody going to feel that, that earthquake. Like they're going to feel a tremor because whatever comes into us, we're going to be dispersing so, so the people that we love feel it too, right? And we, we do that with the church too, behind the scenes. People don't know, but, but we do. Um, so, and so, so how we operate in our house, it was we had a, we had a flow. If, if something happens, we got blessed. Don't nobody know it? We, like, my son, my daughter-in-law at the time, Grandkid, we only had one at the time, I think. Uh, I, I don't, he was born, right? They're going to feel it. So we just pop up on campus and just, just give them money, hundreds. Whatever happened to us, we just give them. And so a couple times he called, I need help for this, fine. This particular time, he, he, he needed uh, help with his rent. He was staying off campus. I said, son, I said, most of your life you've benefited from me and your, your mother having faith in God. I said, but you're, you're growing up to be a young adult, so you have to establish your own faith in God. I said, so you got to believe like we believe. I said, you have a family now. You have a wife and a daughter. I said, so tell you what, we're going to get in agreement and pray. That's what me and your mom does. Now, I know my son's saying, bruh, 
Did you hear what I needed? But I did. I heard exactly what he needed. And I'm the type of father that wants to make sure my son doesn't, doesn't have to, he knows I'm there for him. But I had to be there for him for his life, not just his situation. So we prayed. We prayed. He needed $600, about $600, right? So that week, his coach comes up to him and says, hey, I've given out all the scholarship money. I've had, I got, I got, uh, I got a little bit of money left. God told me to give it to you. This was his words. God told me to give it to you. It wasn't $600. It was $4,000. So he had enough money for his rent. And then so, you see what I'm saying? So, all right, so then he gets into another situation. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. When we first said pray about it, he said, okay, he was, he, you know, if you ever sit and talk to Monday, when God is moving, he's like his mom. He's like, man, God, this, he, you know, prophetic words start coming out of his mouth. He, he, has, he gets real excited when he senses God's doing something. So that was in a conversation. So then our former pastor called the house, and he called the house. So my son gets on the phone talking to him but I hear him kind of hinting. And so, so I pulled him to the side and said, son, I said, we already locked in the faith. I said, you can't let your flesh tempt you into hustle, into hinting. I said, you, you want to see God manifest, you know? And I could be triangulating the stories, but with both of the situations, I did say the same thing. Hopefully I'm not merging two stories, but, but I was trying to get him to understand hey, stay locked in and believe in God. And so I'm saying that to us because there's things that God has been pulling on us to yield to, but our natural man is tempted to hustle around it. You know what I'm saying? Just naturally, and then we, we, we may say, well, I'm doing the practical thing. And, and there are practical things to do, but don't, don't let the practical, practical get in the way of the prophetic if God is telling you to do something, right? Right? And so, so, so this is the key. If, if every move uh, is only what we can calculate, we've lost our faith. Every move we make is only what we can calculate, we've lost our faith. Because sometimes we don't move unless we can calculate it. But God takes the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. And see, this mustard seed faith is not something you can calculate. So, so we read the passage which says, have faith in God. But there's another version of it says, you know, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed. So without a, a mustard seed of faith, there's nothing for power to draw. You, so, so, so you don't have to have a mountain of faith. You just need to have a mustard seed of faith. First, oh, that's easy. No, it's not. You know, we've proven that a mustard, mustard seed faith is hard. You know, just, it's just hard. But it's a start, Right? And, but, but again, without that faith, there's nothing. The power has to draw on something. It wants to break through, but it's, 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 it's trying to smell faith. When it senses that pocket of faith, it can break through. The interesting thing about mustard seed faith, though it draws great power, uh, it's equally, it equally takes great focus of vision to grasp. See, so, so, so mustard seed faith can produce great power, but it takes a lot of focus to, to hold on, to stay locked into it, to, 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 to pierce the darkness, to even see, I, I, I have this piece of faith for what I see there of the power breaking through. And the, this, you know, we can easily get out of focus is what I'm saying. Right? When it comes to just having that little faith, we can easily get out of focus because we can start to waver. So, so unwavering is a requirement for this, this power to break through, right? Um, unwavering is a requirement. Being doubtless is an essential attribute needed. Being doubtless is an essential attribute needed, right? So, so I'm going to end with these three scriptures. First, uh, Corinthians 1.26, I kind of referenced it a few minutes ago. 
because this power breaking through is gonna, it's gonna confound uh, our normal intellect. Try to do this real quick. So 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 27. And me and my infinite wisdom, I was supposed to give you the amplified version, which I didn't write down. That's cool. Uh, it says, for you see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men of the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, has God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, right? And then um, Isaiah 60 verse 1 is the other little pillar of scripture I'm going to give you. It says, arise, I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, arise from spiritual depression to a new life. It says, shine, be radiant with the glory and brilliance of the Lord. For your light has come, and the glory and brilliance of the Lord is risen upon you. See, that, see, see the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You're, you're, uh, uh, you know how when you're in a situation and you see a cloud hovering over you right before it bursts into showers? Well, well, this glory rising upon us is hovering over us. It's a cloud of his power uh, ready to burst blessings out on us, right? Ready to, you, you, you know, when, when the, the precipitation is at a certain level, it, 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 it feeds or builds up into the clouds and the clouds explode and rain comes down. You know, just I, I paid attention to summer school, right? Right? And so, so our, the, 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 the humidity and the things that, that we're causing that's feeding that burst of power is our faith. It builds up to a point where it, it, it fills the, 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 that glory that's written upon us where it pours out into uh, our lives. Now, this last scripture is what we're processing through. Uh, some of 2 Corinthians 12 will end there. Because there's always preparation for the power, and some of the things that's happening, we're, we're, we're looking at like it's crazy. Uh, but it's not really crazy. It's actually getting us out the way. Because, what well, we have to yield to this power, right? All right, so 2 Corinthians 12. Now, now Paul's breaking this down, and he's legitimately communicating the position he's in. Uh, I'm going to pull us into Paul's position, but I'm going to kind of, it's going to be a little different. So Paul was in a position of intellect and revelation, insight. I mean, he's like, he's rolling. We may think sometimes we, we, we have the revelation and insight, um, but, let's, but we all could fit right here. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of revelation. Abundance of revelation could be abundance of intellect, abundance of thinking I know, abundance of pride, abundance of nobody can't tell me what to do, abundance of, well, I've been doing this way for a long time, okay? All right? Abundance of hustle, right? You put it, you know, put it all in the category. Abundance of, well, because I'm this age, it can't happen for me. Just pick whatever you want. Abundance of, well, you know, nobody's really going to like me, so I'm going to settle for this, right? All right? It says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. So now I'm going through challenges that's challenging me in all that I've used in my controls, whether it's hustle, whether it's fear, whether it's uh, uh, landmines, whether it's jumping to conclusion, whether it's pride, whether it's insecurity, all these little mechanisms that I've established to comfort or ease me in a position I'm in the messenger of Satan is making me uncomfortable here, right? It says, lest I should be exalted above measure. He's saying again, you know, be overconfident in, you know, where I'm at. 
So for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. So that means we can actually pray to God to remove something three times and still be dealing with it. If it's something that's trying to get something out of us that's more detriment to us than we think. How many of us would even go to the Lord three times? Sometimes it's once. Sometimes it's like we just get angry. But he went three times. Then uh, he was responded to. Jesus himself showed up for this response. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. My, now that word strength is, we'll talk about it next week, it's a power word. My power is made perfect. It's, it can break through in weakness. Most gladly for will I rather glory in my infirmities. Look, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That the power can break through. Right? It says, therefore, <clears throat> excuse me. It says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. Look, for Christ's sake. And the word Christ means the anointed one and the anointing, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. So for Christ's sake, for the anointing's sake, for the power's sake. So for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Right? So, so, so again... God is sending us stuff, I referenced the book, uh, Release of the Spirit, and it's breaking us, but it's not breaking the, the genuine God-ordained, designed us that's, that's been uh, designed for the power. It's breaking everything that's actually diffusing the power or, or, or evaporating the power or extinguishing the power before it even can, 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 can break through. It's, 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 it's breaking all the things that's blocking out the power. There are things that we may be comfortable with. There's things that we may settle for, but it's cheating us from the power of God. The power wants to break through. That's why God is having us do these weird things that seem foolish. That's why God is challenging us. That's why certain things are happening, because God has given us plenty of, uh, plenty of time to say, he's been giving us instructions, okay, I need you to do this. Yeah, but I'm too old. But I need you to do this. Yeah, but, you know, they cool. They, they, I mean, they're pretty cool. I mean, they, they ain't killing nobody. You know, they ain't get, they're right, man. You know, you know, he's like, I need you to do this. Yeah, but, man, you know, I don't even know if I can stop that. So why, why hold this conversation? Why well, I need you to do this. Yeah, but, I mean, nobody's perfect. So, so, so all those were opportunities for you to just change through instruction, not to try to calculate in your head or ask questions like we talked about master life this morning. No, it was an opportunity just to give God glory. So God said, okay, so now you need an interruption to change. And then when the interruption comes, like, like when, when I fell out in the club and the guy said he hit me as hard as he can, he had to double up on it because he said that first right hook to your head, he, you know, this huge guy. He said, it looked like you was coming out, but you ain't come out. So I had to double up. Guess what? I still didn't come out. I had to be shocked out of, to, to wake up. You know, shouldn't be here talking to y'all right now. <laughs> right? And so, 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 if you think about some of the changes we made in our life, it's because there was an interruption. But we, 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 we converted that into depression. That was supposed to be converted into change. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? And so, so now God is saying, the power, power will break through this year, but with all due respect, if I leave it up to you, I'm, I'm saying, God said, okay, if he leaves it up to us, the power ain't going to never break through because we're going to go back into that default. Like when we talk about you going into the new year, you got all these different things you say you're going to do, right? So, so, so God's saying, I'm going to send the interruption, let it break you so it can release what's in you. And then the power in you is going to pull on the power that, 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 I, that, that glory that's been shining upon you. And now you'll experience those dreams you was dreaming about and what you're believing for. The things that you, that, that you really want to do that you ain't told nobody. Not just what you want to do for you, but you want to do for others. 
See, think about being in a position where there's no limits. And it doesn't, let's say you're the person, I don't want to do nothing. I don't, I don't need nothing. I don't want nothing. Great. Now, put that person in a position with no limits. Do you know how many people? Uh, we, we talked about Joseph, the guy Joseph in, uh, in uh, Acts this morning, uh, when the people were selling all that they had to make sure nobody lacked. Okay, fine. You're in a position to help other people not to lack. The freedom up where now they don't have to, like, get around God. They can be in God's presence because everything else is taken care of. And one guy told me one time, I'm going to end with this. God told me one time, he said, so I'm trying to minister to him about God. Don't, don't get offended. You, you'll remember this. He said, man, uh, I don't need all that. I'm blessed. I said, you blessed for real? I said, man, I just need $100,000. We need to build this gym. Well, I don't really have $100,000. I said, but you just said you was blessed. Like, I just need $100,000 to build this gym. What kind of blessing are you talking about? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I, I know I was being facetious. Well, I was serious. I did need $100,000 to build a gym. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, I, but I wanted him to see, blessed is not I got a nice apartment and a car and I can sleep around with four or five women that they don't know. That, that ain't... Respectfully, man, that ain't blessed, man. Blessed is not, well, we, we straight. Blessed is we are fulfilled. Right? So let that power break through. Stand on your feet. That's all for today. Um, just wanted to kind of just set the stage for what God wants to do and, and, and challenge yourself not to choke this year.